It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So, I um, mentioned in previous episodes that um, I am unclear about um why I was probably um, maneuvered into uh, the position where I wound up having to take a personal assistant position with a person who shortly after exploded into the status of being a um, former Oscar winner and commercial jingle composer mogul who became accused of over 99 counts of sexual assault from women over the years who he had um like victimized in a in a relatively then recent slew of auditions for a film in his apartment the allegations for which took place prior to the stroke that he had which took place a few months prior to my hiring um and i have a consideration that my my book uh my dark humor memoir surrounding these these trials could be getting blackballed because um you know not only do many many powerful people attached to this um this person with abuser status um, are probably quite concerned that they're going to be implicated as complicit um, or just don't want any risk of scandal attached to them. But um, there's also this potential that the the Cargman family is concerned about um, you know being attached to that scandal but then there's also the potential that um, you know some of the the sex workers that were um, involved or you know 
maybe I'm not, maybe I'm being presumptuous by using that and they wouldn't identify that way, but the women that he was involved with uh, romantically that were, were like my age, um, could or possibly have been involved in, in a sting and my publishing, uh, the book would somehow interfere with that. I could have been just maneuvered into the position of working that job um, to be used as an unwitting hip pocket because I had been conditioned by a cult Scientology or religion or whatever to basically always tell the truth quite to my detriment. And so I would be bitching about this guy and this job like to anyone who would listen. Um, I hadn't signed any kind of non-disclosure or anything like that. And the job was like torture. So I would always be bitching and complaining about him and talking about what was going on. And, um, you know, because of the Scientology Overton withholds uh, technology, you know, I felt one of the worst things you could do for your health was to lie. And that it would basically weigh on me for days until I basically, like, made sure that I had cleared up any overts and withholds with people I was associated with. Um, And so, um, like... I'm um I'm I'm kind of like wondering if, you know, people maneuvered me into this position because the hope was to use me as a hip pocket and try to make me somehow in any way some sort of villain by association as a way of um you know, uh, smearing me for my association with the Church of Scientology and the fact that I had not yet defected. I remember uh, one morning he was meeting his then his then uh, woman my age and therefore like 50 years younger than him girlfriend uh, to go to the gym with her. And I showed up for my shift and he was angry because she hadn't arrived. So he had to leave and meet his trainer at the gym. And he instructed me to wait at his apartment to, um, make sure that she would get in a cab, uh, to go meet him there it was a very rare, rare occasion when he wanted me seeing or interacting with uh, one of, you know, these girls my age that he was, like, involved with uh, because I was always very, you know, disapproving and scowling, you know, of him in general. But also anytime he would talk to a, a like a woman or girl, like most of the time it would elicit like some sort of scowl from me and a general just inability to 
show supportive facial expressions and body language subtly or on a macro level. Um, And so he just did not like me as a presence at all um, around women, girls, my age, uh, you know, or, or otherwise, um, that he wanted to in any way be, uh, considered a sexual being, uh, for, so, because he was, like, just very concerned that, like, she wasn't going to go meet him at the gym, he, like, reluctantly just told me to wait and make sure that she came in a cab to go meet him, um, and, uh, I was always very, like, I am not going to do anything to, like, you know, enable or reinforce, like, a woman to spend time with or talk to this man, like, at all. Uh, it's, it's not, like, I'm just there, but I'm not going to be, like, an extension of anyone's, like, will. And so I just, like, waited as instructed. And, like, um, she came to the apartment and she was on the phone with him, then got in a cab and we were going there. And I... I think um, she had been, she was, she had been hung over because the night before she'd gone out drinking with friends and I think she had been maybe celebrating because I think he had just like transferred like a million dollars to her bank account or something or like because he was going to jail and he wanted her to have money. And then, like, he needed $500,000 back from her for, like, bail in case he had to pay bail. Or he thought he might go to jail because of some indict... I don't know what all that stuff was called. I think indictment or something. Um, And so, in the cab on the way to the gym, I remember she said, like, oh... Joe says he thinks I'm bipolar and he wants me to see his psychiatrist. What do you think I should do? And I was like, well, first of all, I came from Scientology, right? So I had, you know, my whole background of information was that psychiatrists were like evil and had like orchestrated the Holocaust and stuff like that. Like, you know, extreme extreme terror of psychiatrists and but at the same time at that point I had assimilated uh and be become like uh like resigned to the idea that I can't 
like I have to accept that other people do see psychiatrists even though I had not I still was terrified of them uh and everything I knew was that even if they weren't a bad person themselves like they were indoctrinated with like really harmful ideas about humans being um just like the sum of their material components and just adjustable by like brain chemicals and drugs and like no spiritual you know being was was relevant or there and it was just like um you know for drug companies to um sponsor and you know make a bunch of money so i just was terrified of of any kind of like western mental health um practitioner person um from that and so but when she said that I was like no no you shouldn't you don't I was like I don't think you should at all and then I added you know if you're gonna see a, a doctor like it shouldn't be they shouldn't be connected with Joe so I like I said like I said like no don't see the doctor but like specifically just don't see his doctor like find one on your own because you know he's like this creepy so like I had enough sense to be like not totally shut down any concept of like seeing a doctor but I said like you know, just don't see one that's connected with this man because he's, like, an old, creepy man. I didn't say this out loud because I didn't want to insult her, but I, in my mind, it was, like, he's this old, creepy man. He's clearly, like, seeing someone 50 years younger than him and, like, he acts like an asshole and he's on trial for rape right now. Like, if you're gonna see a doctor and you're dating him to evaluate you like clearly don't see his doctor like and it's not like it wasn't a thing in like the 1950s where like husbands would have their wife like see a psychiatrist and like kind of influence the psychiatrist to like say their wife was crazy and things like that and like of course ethics were are much more stringent now but in those circumstances I was just like you know don't like I didn't shut down her idea that to see a doctor at all. I just said, don't see his doctor. And that's also common sense for like, let's say she was his age and their relationship like wasn't questionable in terms of the power dynamic and the financial components, like, and the whole rape trial thing. Like, do you really want to see the same therapist as someone you're in a really rocky relationship with especially when that person suggested it when you should see like your own separate therapist that's like just not anyway I'm sure I don't have to explain that my answer was pretty pretty even keel for like you know this potential like unwitting hip pocket person they may or may not have been trying to make look bad you know in relation to Scientology and like I don't know if Sophie Kargman was just like another unwitting like pawn or if she maybe was part of like trying to recruit the girls he was seeing to be part of like a sting 
or something, or maybe like not even telling them, just casually asking the questions. But I'm wondering if in the cab, this girl that Joe was seeing was somehow tasked with measuring the extremism of my Scientology beliefs at the time. I'm just curious because I don't know now realizing I'm the top, like now realizing I'm the target of this multi-interest black ops. I have, I'm going back and questioning every interaction I had. Why wouldn't I? Um, Like this, this is a scene that takes place. Like it's, it's in the book that I'm querying right now. And like, um, I don't know if when I wrote it at the time, I'm not, when I, the book is not through the lens of like, of like, oh, and I'm being, you know, multi-interest black ops. So at the time of writing about it, I didn't even think about this layer of consciousness and it's just like exhausting. But now I'm just like, okay, so on top of everything, was she, for whatever reason, trying to measure the Scientology-ness of my beliefs? And, like, who would have been, like, why would that have been happening on top of, like, the the absolute insanity of what was going on with Joe? Um, and, like, being on trial for rape. So I'm just wondering, like, was that a coincidence that that topic came up or, but I mean, my answer was like, I don't think I would change my answer at all. Like, even for a, you know, somebody who'd like drifted away from Scientology, but had in no way defected at that point, that was a, that was like a, an answer with integrity and balance and consideration for, you know, this person with different beliefs from me. I didn't just say, oh, psychiatrists are bad. I'm a Scientologist. I knew that, you know, I have to give an answer that's going to be like helpful and not like alienating. And so I said, like, don't see his doctor, like find a doctor that's not his doctor, um, which is not that I thought that that's like pretty reasonable. Um, and especially because in that circumstance, it probably would have been him paying for that doctor because that doctor was expensive. And then he would have like held it over her head if they got in a fight and like, you know, cut off her appointments and, you know, whatever help she may or may not have gotten. So that was a good answer. And I don't think I would go back and change it. I'm, I'm kind of proud of my, my general wisdom and humanity. Um, and I think it's pretty much representative of my general wisdom and humanity in, in throughout that whole circumstance but I'm looking back on that moment and I'm like was she somehow running counterintelligence on me or is that just a coincidence um but yeah it's like 
obviously I'm not going to trust anybody if I'm getting targeted by a multi-Andrews black ops. Um, and I think it's totally reasonable to be questioning every interaction (laughs) that I had throughout this weird time in my life. Um, but it is just maddening. And, you know, it doesn't detract from, like, the humanity of anybody involved, but the circumstances are just so layered and complex that it's, like, there's just tons of questions and it just fragments every aspect of what was going on. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 